Hi there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S5 E2 Really Girly. Mm-hmm. This episode was written by Oliver Goldsick and directed by Joanna Kearns. The mom from Growing Pants. Really? Mm-hmm. She's directed two that. other episodes of PLL. We just, I don't know if you've mentioned that, but... You might have. I probably yeah. just forgot. Uh, so this episode, does it take place on the same night as Unbridled, Aegis for Answers, and Escape from New York? It starts the same night, yeah. Okay. Or, the, the, you it, know, early in the next morning. I mean, yeah, I, I was kind of curious because some of the stuff they say makes me think otherwise, but at the same time... Well, no, they're, they're in the same clothes. Yeah, I know they're in the same clothes. I just don't know if it's the same night, because, I mean, that's not a short amount of travel time. Well, a I guess lot what would they from 1 a.m. Oh, yeah, I know. Until the sun comes up. I, I'm aware. I guess it's just like, what would they have been doing in New York for a day? Or just on a bus for a day? I, um, I don't think it takes that long to get to for Philly from New York. I don't know. I mean, either way, you have to, for all the people who question the time on the show, you have to appreciate that four episodes can overlap. On oh, yeah, like Spencer's been period. wearing that like same outfit with the scarf around her neck like forever, it seems like. And that bandage on her hand, yeah. Um, so we're back in Rosewood, as we said. Uh, Rosewood Main Street at night. The bus pulls in. It's a fancy modern bus, not an old-timey ghost bus that was Shanghai your ass to Ravenswood. Because it's not going to Ravenswood, yeah. This bus is coming from Harrisburg, which I believe they have a police academy there. Mm-hmm. Um, the door opens. Ari gets off the bus, followed by Hannah, then Spencer, then Emily. Allison starts to come down the steps off the bus, but then lingers. Yeah, they're all off the bus except for her, and then Hannah looks back. She's like, Allie, are you okay? And Allie just looks kind of anxious, and then she just like turns and tries to get back on the bus, and Emily grabs her from behind. Uh, she's like, stop, you don't need to run anymore. A is gone, come on. And Allie like very reluctantly gets off the bus and the driver pulls away. Like she really was ready to just like ditch them again there. Well, I imagine the bus driver was like, thank God, those mm-hmm. chicks were way too intense. <laughs> they just sat back and whispered to each other the whole time. Uh, stole people's potato chips. Yeah. So Spencer's saying, you know, like we talked about this, you know, this is the right decision. And Allie's like, well, maybe I should go home first, speak to my mom. And Emily's like, Allie, your mother buried you. She says it in a way as if it's Allison like condescending. forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Allie, you dumb bitch. Your mom buried you. I just want Allison to turn her and be like, no shit, Em. Yeah. No shit. So I haven't forgotten. Uh, and Spencer's like, look, I think it's more important that the police know you're alive before your mom does. And Emily's like, yeah, you know, you need to walk in there and tell them everything. I mean, about Mona being A, Shauna taking over where Mona left off, all of it. Start with the night you ran away. And it's like, haven't you girls learned anything yet? Like, telling the cops in Rosewood is always a bad idea. Never works out for you. Yeah, yeah. Tell the cops nothing. Well, and Spencer says, Feed them shit, keep them in the dark. You start before that. You have to start with the Jenna thing. (laughs) And it's like, wait, what? Why? Uh, Which, it makes sense that Hannah would be opposed to this, because she's always hated Jenna the most, for some reason. Yeah. Probably just still because of the Caleb thing. Yeah. Um, Spencer says that Allison has to since Shauna was after them for payback what happened to Jenna. Allison looks like she's like falling apart. She says she can't do that 
Emily's like, you can. You're not on this alone. Eight tortured all of us. And what happens to Shauna and Arya, who finally has a grand opportunity to enter this conversation, Arya style, yells, happened because of me. <laughs> She's not yet decided how best to be a drama queen about her murder. Which, by the way, you know, there's one thing we didn't address in, in last week's episode. Um, being black in Rosewood, not very healthy. Well, especially being black with anything other than like heteronormative behavior. Yeah, being a black lesbian, especially not healthy. I mean, that's it's bad for your health. Almost a problem. I don't know. I mean, like, I really feel like they they could use a little more diversity on the show that isn't somebody who turns out to be evil. Well, can you imagine if like like Lyndon James's final words were, "By the way, I once had a gay fling in college." <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I just want to point out real quick because we kind of gloss over this. Allison is back in the real world. She's on a street corner at night in Rosewood, Pennsylvania. Gone are the well, days in, of in her normal clothes. Yeah, yeah. Gone are the days of her flying around wearing a mask of her own face. You guys. <laughs> yeah, she's just a regular civilian now. Um, but yeah, yeah. So anytime Arya doesn't say anything for a few minutes, it's because she's just waiting. Uh, so everyone looks at Arya, and Arya's just like, "Look, I can handle that part." I think. I think. But Ali, look. You're gonna to have to cover the rest. And now well, they're, they're, Arya. They're telling her she that she has to go back to the Jenna thing to explain why Shauna would have turned on her because right. that's a long story. But Allison looks at Arya, and I almost want her to say, "You're little, but you're big." Mm-hmm. But Allison glances over. There's the Rosa Police Department. They're just like a block away, and it's almost as if Spencer senses that shenanigans could be afoot or <laughs> manipulations are being thought up as we speak. And Spencer's just like, "Allie, are we in agreement?" And Allison just looks at Spencer. And now very hesitant, yeah. And then you ask yourself, is this the episode that contains the Sergeant Pepper's visual of the five of them crossing the street at the night? I think Fuck, you mean yes, the Abbey Road is. visual. I say Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Abbey Road. <laughs> yeah, we get the the Abbey Road, all the liars walking across the street, uh spaced out like walking across the crosswalk. Are any of them barefoot i don't see that it looks like they're all wearing it would shoes. Be, well, so who is the paul i think we talked about before who is the paul of the group have we talked about this before i don't have spencer's i'm sure we have john. is spencer the john i think spencer's the is the paul are you the paul or would aria be the ringo whoa i don't think aria wants to hear that i would think... i feel like we've discussed this before but if i were to like give my answers now they'd be completely different let me see if i can i mean I, i'd have to say like Hannah's Paul, or maybe Hannah's Ringo. I don't know. Emily's definitely George. I mean, which, which one of them? I guess Allie's the fifth Beatle. Yeah, Allie's maybe the stew. Is that right? I don't know. It's been a while. Who's Pete Best? Is he involved in that? I don't know. Who's uh, what's his name? Epstein. I think that's probably uh, Ezra. No idea. No idea. Anyway. Let's pull out of this tailspin. <laughs> the Beatles, they were a popular band once. Miss them. Miss yeah. them. Miss them. Do you really miss them? I mean they weren't they were No, all... sorry, that was yeah. my uh uh my reference to Paul is dead. Okay. That's how the line backwards goes. Paul is dead, miss him, miss him. Mm-hmm. None of them are barefoot. So we get oh uh should be mentioned, uh speaking of music. Yes. The score here, uh, we never really comment on it, but the right now the score, it's just like those kind of creepy like bell chimes they do, mm-hmm. which always works. Uh, hard to describe, but it's just like, it's very subtle. 
every once in a while, especially in the last few episodes, like the end of season four and a little bit of season five, they do, I don't know what you call this musical cue. It's the same one they would do on Lost whenever, like, they had gotten off the island and, like, so-and-so was, like, secretly the monster. Like, hmm. when, uh, like, Jack would run into his dad at the, uh, the, his medical practice and, like, the smoke alarm would go off. Okay. Um, anyway. Yeah, let's, let's try so to taste one out. We go to the police station inside. Holbrook's in the foreground. He's like got his head down looking at something. He's in the interview room. Mm-hmm. And then behind him, in the background, through the window there, all the liars strut in. With Allison in the lead. Mm-hmm. And he just like looks up and moves over. He has this very kind of uh, eager look on his face. Like a little amazed. He just like walks out and walks right up to him. And now What if like, he walked out and like him and Officer Barry just like exchanged cash? Like one of them just lost a bet. I could see that, but not at this moment. That'd have to be later. Like he's like too. I mean, this is like a big moment for him. This this is a he's maybe amped. a career maker. For yeah, him. and so he walks over, and Ali says, "Are you Detective Holbrook?" And he says, "I am." And Ali says, uh, "She she looks like very sad and scared." She says, "I think you've been looking for me." I'm, and he says, "I know who you are. I'm glad you're with your friends. Welcome home. I'm guessing you have a lot to tell me. Maybe we can begin with the night you disappeared." And she, like, Ellie's been, like, looking at something in her purse. And then she, like, she zips it up and looks up. And she's suddenly, like, much more composed and, like, present than she was before. Mm-hmm. And she says, I didn't disappear. I was kidnapped. I was kidnapped and held hostage for two years. And Holbrook looks a little dubious. And all the liars are just shooting, like, what the fuck glances They're just at like, each other. oh, shit. They're just like, ah, burned again. Mm-hmm. Allie says, and if it weren't for my friends, like she's really pouring on the emotion, I wouldn't be standing here. They saved my life. And all the liars are just like, eh. Well, they, they pan across all their faces. Emily looks directly at Spencer, and it's like the subtitles on the screen might as well have been like, Spencer, what the fuck's going on here? And like, Spencer's subtitle, like, you know, telepathically could have been like, we're getting fucked with the metaphorical Alice and either aren't this chainsaw again. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kidnapped, held hostage for two years. Not exactly the truth. Well, in, you know, in case you were wondering, where does this show go after killing off A seemingly in the season five premiere? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so, so we, we, the credits, and then we go to the interview room with Holbrook. Uh, Allie, she's been given a picture of herself talking to Lyra's in Ravenswood. So when Holbrook showed, uh, or it's not in Ravenswood, but it's after the Ravenswood episode. Ravenswood, when Holbrook yeah. showed Veronica. Yeah. And, uh, it's basically been mentioned or shown in the last two episodes. Yeah. yeah. He's sitting across from all the liars in like an interview room, and he says, "We don't know who took this photo, but it is dated. So I'm assuming this wasn't your first visit home. You have any memory of this night?" And Ali says, "It was the night that I got away from him." And the liars are just like so nonplussed, like they don't know where she's going with this. And Holbrook's like, "From your captor? How?" And Ali says, "I jumped out of the car." And he's like, "While you were blindfolded?" And Holly's like, yeah, I tore it off and I ran straight into the woods so they couldn't catch me. And he says, but on the night this of this photo, you managed to make it back to Rosewood and you found your friends. And all the liars are just like trying to maintain these poker faces. Well, he's looking, he keeps looking over at them. And you notice how... He's like, are you guys buying this shit? Well, I want to talk about the end of the episode. When we get to that, I'll bring this up again. But like, notice how it's just Holbrook in this room with the five of them. Just mm-hmm. Holbrook. 
But yeah, he keeps looking over them, like taking their temperature. At this particular point, they've all sunk down as low as they possibly can in their chairs, as if they're going to burrow into the ground and escape. Well, Hannah actually kind of like tries and fails to hide an eye roll there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ali's like, I asked them to hide me. And he says, you, you thought they would be more helpful than the police? Your parents? And Ali says, I was scared, okay? I, I was scared that if I came back home and I was out in the open that he'd find me again. And he's like, so how, so how did you guys protect her? He, like, turns the other liars. And they all just, like, look at each other. They have nothing. Well, I mean, Spencer's, like, trying to hold back this huge sigh. I mean, the thing about this scene is that these girls are pretty and they're little. But Holbrook isn't buying this lie. Well, and they, they have not, like, you know, got their story straight at all here. They don't know well, yeah, where she's he, going with this. If he did what I would assume be police procedure and put them all in separate rooms and ask them the same questions, this would fall apart in ten seconds. Well, I feel like he's probably thinking that right now. Like, yeah. I should have done this. Yeah. Because something smells. Like uh, something and Allie's saying that they, they hit her in the woods, uh, in a shed they all used to hang out in after school on the weekends. And you can, like, you can see out the wheels turning in Allie's brain and she's just like creating this on the fly. You know, you can see like her mind like working. Uh, and he says, but, but you said that you came to your, they came to your rescue in Philadelphia. And before Allie can explain this, you know, inconsistency, uh, the door opens, and in her dad walks, and he's just totally bewildered. Now I have hope! I have hope now. Oh, yeah, we're we're going to dust off the old Kenneth De Laurentiis uh, impression, even though it's only one line repeated over and over again. As we were watching this for the very first time, I remember we had some good ones of these uh, variations of him just yelling <laughs> out the word hope. And Allie's like, Dad! And she gets up and hugs him, and he's like, Oh, my God! I have hope now! <laughs> And now she's like, Dad, and they're embracing, and Holbrook just, like, gets up and walks away, and the liars are just all, like, sitting befuddled, and Hannah, like, turns to Spencer, and she's like, was I sleeping on that bus? When did we discuss kidnapping? <laughs> it's like, yeah, Hannah, you just fell asleep, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, we didn't, and Ellie says, why is it just her dad? Where's her mother? And Ari's like, I don't know. And they just do. Well, and Spencer's, like, staring at them like she's putting all the pieces together in a way, mm-hmm. but, uh... God, fucking Holbrook. Um, so Hastings home. Veronica comes in. She's followed by Emily and Spencer. Uh, you can tell that Veronica is pissed. She slams her keys down. She turns to them and well, she's like, w- "One last mention on Holbrook. Um, the the separate rooms for interrogation thing would make sense if you thought there was like a crime that needed investigating, but now you're just like confused. You're like, well, you're back, so you're not dead. Like what you know? But I mean, he's theoretically known that she's not dead for at least what 24 48 72 hours well yeah or suspected like, strongly suspected she's and back all the other liars are back and now they're they're just confused right um yeah so veronica she turns and faces them in the the kitchen and she says emily call your mother her flight from dallas is delayed because of the storms you're welcome to stay here as long as you need to Emily can sense that there's a storm, that the storms aren't over, and Hurricane Veronica's about to blow through. So she says, "Thank you." She call her mother outside, and she there's basically some, some strong doppelganger vibes here. Well, she basically runs outside to get away from this. So yeah, Spencer she turns to go upstairs, and Veronica like she stops her. She's got some other ideas. Yeah, she's just like hold it, you know. And Spencer says she's tired. She just wants to go upstairs, take a shower, and Veronica's like, "And go to bed, really." Without telling me where you've been for the past few days, you might have a hard time falling asleep if I'm poking you every few seconds <laughs> with a new question. Veronica's wonderful. Yeah. You knew Allison is alive for over a month, and you never said a word. 
And Veronica is like, she's like doing the hand acting now herself, like clinch hands, like wavy gestures. Keegan Allen just smiles somewhere and strokes his uh, non-existent goatee. When he's not in the the episode, he puts on like a black turtleneck and he just coaches all the ladies Mm -hmm. on their hand acting skills. Um, Such as just like, look, I didn't mean to. And uh, and Veronica's like, why would you keep this kind of secret? Spencer says, because we made a promise. And Veronica says, well, you obviously didn't think it through, did you? Because there is still a dead girl in Allison's grave that the police and Spencer cuts her off. She's like, I I don't know who that is. And I had nothing to do with it. And whether you believe me or not, mom, that is the truth. And she's like, starts to cry. And she turns ahead upstairs and Veronica just looks sad. And she's like, wait. Spencer turns like she just looks so exhausted. And Veronica says, I'm not accusing you of anything right now, but poor judgment. LOL. While you were gone, your father and I dragged, were dragged down to the precinct. Spencer's like, what? Where's dad? She says, in Philly, they found your car and impounded it. He went down there with Melissa to get it out. I wonder if they'd charge you for that. Yeah, just any chance for us to delete the scene where, like, Nolan North, like, whips out, like, the roll of cash. $300? This is horseshit. Starts peeling off some bills. Yeah. Spencer says, wait, Melissa's here? Is she back from London? Veronica says, oh, yes. And don't expect any souvenirs, because all she brought back with her was attitude. And secrets. LOL. I mean, Leslie Farah. <laughs> That's such a wonderful line. Leslie Farah, if you're listening, be honest. When you saw that line in this script, you just had to smile, didn't you? You were just like, oh, yeah, this one's a home run. Yeah. All she brought back was attitude. But I, I feel secrets. like, though, what I took out of this is once Spencer was just approaching being as perplexed as Veronica was, now Veronica is ready to dismiss her to go up to bed. <laughs> yeah, no. Are, are you Spencer's confused, just Spencer? like, what the fuck? And she's, and she's like, like oh, go on and get ready for bed. Oh, you're confused now? Now you may go sleep. Welcome to my world. Well, this whole show is just like, oh, it's uh, you're, you're, you're getting really hot. Let me turn up the temperature just a little bit more. Yeah. See how much more insane I can make you. Um, so we cut to the Marin kitchen where Hannah's now home. She's looking for in the kitchen. She's in the kitchen for safety and happiness. Um, looking through the fridge. Making a sandwich. Yeah. Working on a sandwich. What Actually, are your like, thoughts on bread in a fridge? I don't know what the correct answer to that is. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I typically go wherever the wind blows. I'm always around people who are like, you don't put bread in the fridge. So I don't put bread in the fridge. Then somebody new comes in my life and they're like, why isn't the bread in the fridge? So the bread goes in the fridge. Then somebody new other, comes the other way around. So I don't know. What's the right answer? I just feel like it makes a better sandwich if it's not cold. That's right. Maybe it, maybe it preserves the bread longer, but I don't know, man. Will we ever really know? Why do you have to make these sacrifices in life? Yeah. So All I know is when I go to the deli, the bread's not in the fridge. Wow, that is so, so true. Mm-hmm. It's hopefully, usually fresh out of the oven. <laughs> so Ashley says, did you ever plan on telling me the truth? And uh, Hannah's like, she's really like, she keeps turning away from Ashley. I think because she knows that Ashley knows when she's lying. So she's mm-hmm. trying to avoid eye contact. And it's like, of course I did. But we had to wait until it felt safe. Also, she's hungry. Yeah, and Ashley's like, you feel that way now? Ashley's just concerned for her daughter here. And Hannah's like, yeah, kind of. And Ashley's like, how? The person who did this to Allison is still out there. And Hannah holds up some sliced cheese. And she's like, is this cheese old? And Ashley says, it's Vardy, which is the best cheese. I'll brook no argument on that. Hannah says, does it melt? Ashley says, all cheese melts, Hannah. Just, hey, huh. look at me. How did you feel when you found out Allison was alive? What were you going to say? 
Oh, I was going to say, just, just admit, like, the best, we joke about it, the best spinoff of PLO would be a cooking show featuring the Marin ladies, where, you know, you start from the beginning of the recipe and you go to the end, but it's basically also the, just them, like, pounding wine bottles while, like, <laughs> browning the meat, and they never really get to the end of the recipe because they have to go, like, lay down on the couch because they have headaches. I feel like you're selling actual bad guys short. True, you're right. But also, at the same time, I just want to go back to the Haunted spin-off. Vineyard. Yeah, the Haunted Vineyard is where it's at, really. But uh, Hannah is piling up ingredients like she's going to make one of those giant Scooby-Doo sandwiches. Well, actually, like, she's got, like, her hand on her, her, her chest, like, on her heart. And she's like, how did he feel? Like, she, like, really wants to get into the emotional core of this. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, what do you mean? Like, and, like, she, like, shuts the fridge, like, turns away. Like, like she's doing the hand acting now, too. Well, I think, you know, Hannah is both, like, trying to deflect. She's also exhausted. She's also massively hungry. <laughs> And she says, sweetie, you have kept a lot of secrets from me, but this one is right up there with the Manhattan Project. And it's like, the what? I know some of those people would take this as evidence of Hannah being so wonderfully Hannah, but really I think that she's also on the edge about anything vaguely New York related. Hmm. I can see that, yeah. And she's like, I don't understand how you got up in the morning, went to school, knowing Allison was still in danger. Pearl girl must be, you know, and it's like, Mom, she just wants to move on, okay? And the more people talk about it and ask her a billion questions, the harder it's going to be for her. And she's, like, waving her hands around now, too. Mm-hmm. And Keegan Allen smiles somewhere, and Hannah says, yes, it was a nightmare, but it's over, and she needs it to end. Well, Ashley, like, she calms down after Hannah's outburst and suggests, you know, that Hannah sits down and Ashley will make a sandwich for her. But really, Hannah's outburst would actually make sense, you know, if it were true. But also, if, like, Allison had been back for weeks and was still dealing with questions, it yeah. would have been hours. Well, Ashley's just, like, so confused by her daughter's, like, strange, like, blasé attitude about the whole thing. Like, yeah. it's just, like, NBD, I'm already over it. Yeah. The other thing I like about Ashley Marin that I feel like is really indicated in the scene is that you get the sense that if Ashley Marin wasn't in this show, she would probably be, like, binge-watching this show on Netflix like the rest <laughs> of us. Oh, yeah. Uh, so then we get to the real shit. We cut to Arya's bedroom. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned it yet, but Arya is just wonderful in this episode. She's so much fun. Oh, my God. Uh, so Arya's in a room. She's getting pushy on the phone with someone. She's like, yes, it's Fitz. F-I-T-S. He got admitted on Saturday. And he had surgery. Does she actually say F-I-T-S? Or Z. Whatever. <laughs> uh, she, by the way, still has her outfit on that she's been wearing for like four episodes with like the big white tiger face and like the yeah. weird scars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a knock at the door, so Arya just hangs up the phone. <laughs> I like, love when, whenever they just hang up on yeah, somebody. <laughs> Arya's like, yeah, come in. And the door opens. It's Mikey Montgomery. And she's like, oh, I thought you were dead. Well, she turns and looks at the door, and she looks as guilty as possible in the way that only Arya can shine at. Yeah. But also, yeah, Mikey Montgomery, Mr. Mikey Montgomery, he's now four feet taller, looks like he's three years older, and he just got a haircut. He's also going to be doing some hand acting. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, you know, dad's downstairs. And he's like, hey, is it true? Is Allison alive and back in her house? And Arya just nods, and he's like, wow, that's insane. And Mike's like, I heard dad telling mom that some freak had her blindfolded in it. And Arya's like, it's not a video game, Mike. Which she says it's so bitchy. Which, just imagine if there was a Pretty Little Liars video game, though. We're mm. going to talk about it at some point. At some point, yeah. I know that you had some kind of different version that you would come up with i know i had the notes from our first conversation i have many about thoughts it. about a PLO video game it would be amazing yeah mike's like i'm not making a joke she's tough 
I'm kind of surprised you didn't kill the creep with her bare hands. Mike has like a new like murder boner for Allie. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe he's into that. I mean, he dated Mona. He likes danger. Yeah, he, he likes strong women. He's aroused by crisis mm-hmm. and the chance that he may not survive in an encounter. Arya's like, just stop, please stop. Uh, and she keeps like, just like Hannah, she's avoiding eye contact too. She keeps turning away from him. Mm-hmm. And Mike's like, well, why is Mister Fitz in the hospital? And Arya looks back, like, totally surprised. And he's like, what? The door is made of wood, not plutonium. <laughs> he's like, I hear everything you say in here. Jesus Christ. He's what like, think, I'm a fucking idiot. He's like, you know, I kind of wish I didn't hear everything you say in here. Seriously. Really wish that. And Arya's like, uh, he's in New York for the weekend and he got hurt. And Mike's like, what happened? Is he going to be okay? And he's got to be thinking, like, holy shit, like, you're a terrible conversationalist, Arya. Like, trying to talk to you here and you're just giving me nothing well i'm i have a note about that at the end of the scene yeah and so ari is like yeah he's gonna be fine i saw him yesterday he's gonna be just fine I'm like you lined yourself there aria mm-hmm. and mike's like wait you said he was in new york how did you see him if you guys were in philly Arya's like i didn't see him i spoke to him look mike i'm exhausted so i'm gonna go to sleep and she just like pushes him right out the right to the door and he just sighs and he like just kind of gives her this questioning look it's like sorry for fucking caring big sister well, so on one hand, you could read this as Mike is clearly aware that his sister is lying and there's something crazy huge in the offing here. But on the other hand, this is probably what every encounter mm-hmm. is like for Mikey Montgomery and his b- big little sister. So he leaves and Arya's eyes are like so wide that you can see the white on the top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of something called Sanpuka? Tell me more. It's a Chinese term, but uh, it exists in like Japanese cultures as well. It refers to three whites on like the sides of your eyes. Mm-hmm. Or there's this idea that if you have uh, the upper part of your eye visible, like mm-hmm. the upper white part of your eye. Oh, I'm sorry, no, the bottom part is the, the first one. The bottom part means physical imbalance. Mm-hmm. Like you could be an addict. Mm-hmm. If the upper part is visible it could be an indication of mental imbalance like mm-hmm. psychotics and murders Arya has them both visible so mm-hmm. who even knows what that means it means she's fucking bonkers oh yeah next level bonkers mm-hmm. um speaking of which we're outside spencer's house emily's on the phone with pam you know and emily's feeling the same kind of bullshit she's just like she never saw this person mom she only heard his voice you know spencer comes out and emily says well i guess he had her locked in a room or I don't know. Like, can we talk about this later, please? <laughs> She's like, I don't even know what the lie is. Emily hangs up and looks over at Spencer, and Spencer has this look on her face that just basically says, like, this fucking bullshit. And <laughs> Emily's like, what's wrong? And Spencer's like, what's not? We made a pact, Emily, and he is finally dead. We're all ready to get back to our lives, and now, all of a sudden, we're back on Planet Allison. Yeah, Spencer. Spencer's had enough in this episode. Emily's like, okay, Spencer. And Spencer says, it's like we're in ninth grade all over again. And we were, you know, we're all here on the worldly girly ride. And she's, she's even like doing this kind of funny hand acting now as she like kind of moves around mm-hmm. to imitate the worldly girly ride. I was going to say, like, I was, I was Joanna Kearns. I would just ask for like take after take from Troy and Belisario of like, no, Troyan, use your hands to communicate. <laughs> The whirly girly ride, please. No, no, we're going to take three days just to film this. We're going to do it Fincher style. Yeah, and Fincher says, and what? Allie goes rogue and we're just expected to back up her story? You're even adding to the lie. 
Emily just kind of frowns. Doesn't Troy and she kind of reminds me of Lizzie Kaplan in this scene, like with her low register. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, why is she still controlling us? And Emily's like, maybe she flipped last minute because she wanted to protect her mom. You know, maybe she wanted to hear why her mom did what she did before she gets it forced out of her by the police. Maybe I'm in love with her. I'm going to defend everything she does. <laughs> Spencer's like, are you really going to stand here and defend Allie right now? And Emily's yeah. like, I'm not. You know she is, Spencer. Yeah. And then they hear a, like a car door open. And they turn around, puzzled, and they like sneak over to the wall and like peer around the pillar. Mm-hmm. And you see Jason De Laurentiis is like by his car. He's like throwing something away in a trash can. He's got like a spray bottle and a rag sitting on top of the car. Mm-hmm. And he's like cleaning something inside of it. And Spencer's like, okay, is it just me? Or is it really weird? It's not a really, really weird time to detail your car. I there's a quality to Jason this episode that I have to say I really like Jason this episode. He is he's so, basically channeling like Jesse Pinkman in this episode. A little bit, but like you know, better looking guy, you know, like seemingly better educated, even though really he's a sloppy. I would th- say so. Yeah, I, there's like there's some kind of it's like a half icky quality, half. I don't know. He just puts them all on edge because he just seems like such a, I don't know, like dirtbag prick at <laughs> times. It's like, but like, take all the various characters who've had that quality, like Lucas at times, uh, Holden at times, Noel Khan at times. It's like Jason just channels all of them in this, this episode. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so because it's maybe, their instinct and all these kind of things. Now, Spencer and Emily like just immediately duck behind something to spy on him. Uh, and Emily's like, does Jason not know that she's home? And Jason kind of glances over in their directions and they duck their heads out of line of sight. Spencer says, you know, of course he knows. The only question is why would you be squeegeeing your back seat if your sister just got back from the dead? Cause I think we've all been there before. Mm-hmm. So Jason kind of peers back and then walks into the house. So Spencer leads Emily on a, uh, in, in on like sneaking over to dealer into his house. They, Get to Jason's car, but before they can look at it, they're distracted by the sound of a window opening in the dealer at his home. It's Allison's. The window's all fogged up, but there's a light inside. And then she tosses a roll of toilet paper onto <laughs> like the yard in front of them. Yeah, Emily picks it up. There's something something like tucked into the roll. She pulls it out. It's a phone. Spencer's like, what is that? Is that her phone? Uh, which it is. And they look at the screen. There's an unsigned message on it. Uh, some text that Allie apparently got that says, the truth will bury you in a New York minute. Uh, no A. It just says that. And they look up at Allie like an alarm. And Emily's like, who sent this? Uh, and Allie's already closed the window. And she just draws a big like question mark on like the condensation, the glass inside. Mm-hmm. It's very nicely done. Like She even draws it backwards. Well, then she walks away from the window and the light goes out. Yeah, she just walks off and turns off the light. So, and I'm just fucking with you now. For the evil twin crowd. <laughs> we don't even know for sure that that blonde girl inside that room was Allison. I'm just saying. She didn't say anything. Well, we, you never really saw her. You just saw blonde hair. No, uh, you saw her. Did you actually see that it was Allison? Yeah. But is Allison actually Allison? I mean, if it was a twin, it looked like her anyway. But It's like Allison looks in the mirror and she says, how am I not myself? Mm-hmm. Um, so then so- we cut inside. We're like actually looking out of a dark closet as Allison opens it up and she's looking in. Uh, she turns on a light. She's like looking at her old clothes. She's pensive. Just kind of like. Whoa, how weird must that be? Like, those clothes are all at least two years old. Yeah, these are all, like, clothes that she wore two years ago. Uh, and she just kind of melancholy. She sits down, uh, picks up that, like, weird doll that was on, there, like, her chair mm-hmm. and sits down and, like, brushes its hair. And then uh, little Kenneth Dillerant just kind of, like, leans in the doorway. 
I have hope now. He's like, are you settling back in? I hope. Hey, you there. I was thinking, no, I won't do that. Uh, he says, I was thinking, maybe you want to sleep downstairs tonight? You, you won't have to be in here by yourself? And he's like, it's okay, Dad. I've been dreaming about this moment for a long time, sleeping in my own bed. She's really great in this scene. Sasha Pieter, Pietersa. Pietersa, yeah. Pietersa. Well, she's she's great because you never know with Allie what is real and what is performance. Right, even, right. even now. Right. And Ken's like, I understand. I just, I don't think I can ever let you out of my sight again. And Allie has this look on her face that's like a little bit just like, ugh. Yeah, well, he gives off this very earnest, dorky, creeper vibe. Yeah. Because he's so, he's, if he's on the up and up, he's just the world's biggest square. Well, and he's got like some like brown, like, you know, dress pants on and like this like kind of like navy sweater over a dress shirt. Like he's just such a square. He's got gray hair. Just imagine if. Very tall. This was played by Alan Thicke. Oh, no. That's just um, creepy. The last thing I'd say about, about Allison, like you were saying about the performance, the thing that I would throw out to the Allison crowd, those pro and con on her, is that mm-hmm. just because it's a performance doesn't mean that it's not true. <laughs> yeah, and Allie says, uh, have you heard from Mom? And he says, uh, your brother and I have been trying to reach her. I can't say I'm not worried, because I am. And Allie's like, oh, I'm sure she's fine. <laughs> And so he, he enters and sits down in the other chair, and he's like, Allison, I know this is maybe asking for too much, but um, I want you to feel safe. I've asked the police to put a barrier at the end of the street. A lot of people are going to want to hear your story, but you don't have to leave the house or talk to anybody until you're ready. I uh, can't give you back, can't give you those years back, Allison, I, I can't, but I promise you I will do everything I can to help you forget them. I will give you hope. I gave you so much hope. Allison's not even making eye contact. She's just like looking straight ahead, like blinking a tear away. But it's like, it's, it's like, why, like, is she actually crying or is this her performance? We we just don't know. Or is she just uncomfortable being around him? Yeah, really. Uh, he says, uh, do you remember this? And he pulls out his wallet and like shows her a photo in it of like a young photo of her. Mm. And uh, he says, I've had it in my wallet since the night we lost you. This is a little girl I refuse to let go of. And it's like, she's, I don't know, maybe seven or eight in the photo. And Allie just looks at it, and so he gets up, kisses her on the forehead, and she just starts to cry, so he turns to leave, and Allie says, uh... Well, he pulls the shade down as far as it'll go, too. Yeah. And then Ken says, honey, I need to know that, uh... I, I, I need you to know that your mom and I, we aren't living together anymore. Uh, we decided a few months ago to get a divorce. And she nods, and Allie's like, yeah, Emily told me. I'm sorry, Dad. A million people online misheard this as, Allie told me, and that really set their asses on fire for a while. Yeah, I remember that. They're like, Allie told me, oh my god, it's the evil twins. Like, no, she says, Emily told me. Yeah. And Ken's like, yeah, so am I. He's sorry, too. Uh, and he says this with like a weird pain smile, which immediately makes me think, you're the one who killed Jessica. That is the theory that we are going to run with for all I'm, of five I'm days. all in on Kenneth killed Jessica. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Like, uh, we could not be more we could well, be it, not more convinced of that. In the rules of, of mystery novels, when whenever a, a character suddenly appears and no suspicion is cast on them, I get very suspicious. Well, and 
every little subtle gesture throughout the rest of 5A with, with Kenneth T. Laurentiis just confirmed or tweaked our suspicion more. Well, it's like, who would be the most obvious suspect? It right. would be him. Right. They're going to get a divorce. Maybe there's like a financial issue or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll follow this up more as we get more evidence about it. But like, there's always I'm all in on, on Kenneth did it. There's always a million bullshit reasons to kill your wife. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Right, guys? Um, so Allison says that she's sorry to hear that. And he says, oh, so am I. Um, Allison's like left like looking at the picture of the little girl. Right I there. have no hope for our marriage. Yeah. She's just a mess of tears as she stares at the little version of herself. Uh, speaking of messy things, and then there's Arya laying in her bed reading a book. <laughs> she's reading Paradise Lost. Of course she is. Because <laughs> she is Lucifer, the bringer of light. <laughs> she's wearing a white shirt that says... You're no good on uh, it, in all caps. Well, it's really a shame. She's only wearing the shirt for, like, this one scene. It's like her night She shirt. should wear this more often. Like, I don't know. It's, like, a good look. It's just, like, a simple t-shirt. I mean, of course, it has, like, weird bling on the shoulders. Yeah. Because she's Arya. But just Al- Arya walking around with the shirt that says, you're no good is so perfect. Well, first of all, take that. Creeping shirt. <laughs> Hashtag is, creeping. This is her night shirt. She's just like, what am I going to wear to bed tonight? How about this you're no good shirt? That I, I think I found that like the Aria fashion I can handle the most is just like her PJs. Mm-hmm. It's the most sensible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised she doesn't wear her PJs at school because she's that kind of girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aria can't sleep. But then Aria's dementia has a flashback of sorts. <laughs> yeah. She, it's all these kind of just flashes of like Shauna with the gun. Uh, Shauna like, with the fiddle. Shauna with the fiddle, like Shauna from school, Jenna, uh, Shauna playing the violin, yeah, and then like Shana violin the... music just starts playing through her flashback. Yeah, this is, you know, Shauna with the fiddle back under the gun from the first half of season four, and then we get some shots of like Emily checking Shauna's pulse from the last episode, reporting back that she's dead, and then Arya like jumps awake with her great big anime eyes. Yeah, she wakes up at the start, and she looks around very nervously, and she can faintly hear violin music playing from somewhere. And she gets out of bed, and we can really see her t-shirt now. And she's got her hair in pigtails, which just works. Mm. Uh, and she's, like, looking around nervously. She goes to her window. Um, and she, she looks outside. She can't really see anything. Then her phone rings. It's Hannah. And Ari's like, Hannah, what's going on? And we see Hannah is at her place in sweat. She's, like, walking outside the patio to talk. And Hannah's like, I have no idea. I mean, who do you think sent it? And Ari's like, sent what? And Han's like, hold on, Emily and Spencer seriously didn't tell you? And Ari's like, not tell me what? Like, she's just getting crazier and crazier in this episode. Like, just more and more paranoid. Mm-hmm. And Han's like, we thought you were freaked out about everything still. And Ari's like, but uh, Hannah, talk to me. And says, Allie got a message on her phone. She saw it when she opened her purse at the police station. That's why she lied to Holbrook. Arya's like, a message from A? And Han's like, A is dead, Arya, remember? Well, Arya's like staring out the window as she has this conversation. So, from inside Hannah's house, as she starts calling out for her ask, and she's still up, Hannah is just like, gotta go, click. Mm-hmm. Um, Arya's like left in her room, like no longer on the call. She just stares at the window, then quickly closes it. There's a nice sense of like very like foreboding menace here. Well, and what we learn there is that the reason Allie launched her whole lie right before she did like when she's looking in her purse and then looked up suddenly and like kind of seemed different because mm-hmm. she'd just gotten that text and that yeah. that changed her whole strategy there yeah her strategy to employ this lie and just build on it like she made a decision in like two seconds flat mm-hmm. so we cut to allison's bedroom speaking of which in the dark allison's just like laying in her bed staring at the ceiling unable to sleep she hears a noise in the house she's so spooked that she sits straight up she waits a moment 
lays back down, lays on her side, facing away from the door to her bedroom. But her yeah, eyes she rolls wide over. Open. And then super creepy shot with where uh, the door opens. Allie's in the foreground. In the background, we see somebody like silhouetted. Somebody's looking in on her. It's Jason. But then, like Jason, like steps into like the light in her unlit bedroom, though, and you see that it's him. He looks pretty determined, but also like very out of it. Well, it's like he's just like staring at her, like watching her. And Allie, he can't see Allie's face, but Allie's eyes are like wide open, and she's just like sitting there, like frozen. Well, and you could probably holding her breath. Yeah, you could even say that he's probably like sleepwalking. That's how his face looks. But yeah, like a creep. Uh, so the next day, we're in the Marin house. Well, it's like, yeah, no wonder Allie just like hit out on the run for two years. Yeah. With this fucking family. Yeah. Uh, we're at the Marin house. Doorbell rings. Ashley opens the door. It's Ken DeLaurentis. And he's like, have a good morning. I hope. May I come in? And Ashley's like, of course. I'm sorry to bother you. He's just like the biggest, creepiest dork. Yeah, and so he walks into the Marin house, and the camera pans out the stairs to show Hannah's in the foreground, like listening to this from around the corner. Well, it's it's a nice like reversal because like last season when Ashley was like murder suspect number one, mm-hmm. she would be upstairs like listening in on like Hannah having encounters down in the foyer. Yeah, now it's the other way around, and it's it's funny because she's like in focus in the foreground, and they're just like in the background, blurry, having a conversation, and. Ashley's like, oh, please, uh, you're not bothering me. I've been thinking about your family. And he says, Ashley, I need your help. And Ashley's like, okay, can I offer you some coffee? Can't imagine what this must be like for you and Jessica. And they walk into the kitchen, so Hannah moves down the stairs to like, get closer. To eavesdrop better, yeah. Yeah, and he says, have you heard from her? And Ashley says, no, I didn't go to the office today. And we get like a long shot of these two down the hallway. Like Everything's very like much at a remove now as they have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And Ken says, our daughter is alive and home, and her own mother isn't there to greet her. Where is she? And she's like, I have to believe Jessica doesn't know that Allison's home. And then we just get some Hannah face. Mm-hmm. And Ken says, you know things have not been good between her and me. Uh, she changed the password on her business account. If you could go through her email. And she's like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Is there a chance Jason might know where she is? Oh, forget about Jason. He's either in a state of shock or maybe his brain is so deadened from all the drugs that he can't like act like a human being anymore. He hasn't shed a tear since he saw his sister. I'm guessing that's just shock. Well, she's just like, well, this is awkward. Yeah. Candace really brought all the family's dirty laundry over to the Marin kitchen. Yeah, I know. She's like, please, help me. I'm not at all being suspicious act- asking you to hack into my wife's email. Well, wait, what a great... Like not alibi, but what a great mm-hmm. like it sets up like the counter motive for him. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not I'm not doing this. I, I didn't kill her because I'm trying to find her. Mm-hmm. And then we get some Ashley face. Yeah. Ashley <laughs> Ashley's just like, this is fucking awkward. Yeah. Uh, and Hannah goes back upstairs and it's like, yeah, so he's just like imploring Ashley to get into his wife's email while we know that his wife is missing and dead. Mm-hmm. That's just a little suspicious. So meanwhile, uh Jason it's just chilling on the steps of the dealer rent his home. Like he's doing some stuff on his phone. The front door opens and out walks Allison. She kind of inspects the empty cage, Tippy the bird. And I was so badly wanted her to be like, hey, where the <laughs> fuck is my bird? Hey, that bird and I shared secrets. That's what kept us close. Oh, yeah. And then she can, Tippy will come back and she can just have a conversation with Tippy. And Tippy can be like, I'm A, Allie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Jason's like, what are you doing? 
Ali, you can't be out here. There are like 10 cars in our street, all right? Press? Police? And then she says, I'm not twerking around town. I feel like twerking wasn't a popular term in 2011, but sure. It seems like a weird thing to say. Like, not twerking through town, okay? I just sit, want to sit on my porch. So she does. She sits down on her porch. And Ali says, you haven't asked me any questions. How come? Well, well he gets very stiff. Like, he just kind of leans against the banister, like, doesn't look at her, just looks straight forward, hands in his pockets. And she's just kind of sitting there, like, appraising him. Yeah, she's really studying him. Like, how come you haven't asked me any questions? And he's like, figured you might need your space. And she's just kind of watched him. She's like, what was mom's reaction when she found out I was still alive? And Jason's like, she was stunned. What do you expect? Well, he finally looks at her then. Then a, a van pulls up in front of the house. Jason then becomes Mr. Protective, like big bro. He tells Allison to get inside. She, of course, doesn't budge. Jason goes to confront this <laughs> yeah, interloper. Yeah, she doesn't even flinch when he, t- he tells her to get inside. Yeah. He goes to confront this interloper as she gets out of the van. He's like, can I help you? And some girl gets out of the van. She opens up the back. And she's basically an animal wrangler. She says, I have an appointment with Mrs. De Laurentiis. And he's like, who are you? But she comes around with a dog, brings him over the leash, and she's like, Kathy Perez. It's like a big, I don't know, like, I don't know, it's like a mud or something, kind of German Shepherdish. I don't, I don't know, dog breeds. Uh, she's like, Kathy Perez, County Shelter, we arranged to bring Pepe over this morning. Mrs. De Laurentiis wants to adopt him. And because Sit. he's a, well, because he's a disgusting human being, Jason's just like, my mother didn't order this. So I also You're just over. a dog person, admit it. Uh, yeah, I'm not like a, a cruelty to animals person, though. This dog that's, is like, that's not, a leap. This dog is like not getting his space at all, and he's just like, this. Hmm. <laughs> so Allison comes over the dog. This animal wrangler, by the way. I think she's awesome. Mm hmm. You're um, a dog person. I'm just talking about the, the actress. Yeah, my oh. mother didn't order this, and, he sa- and she says, it's a dog, cowboy, not a pizza. And she did. And Ali says, he's so smart. And she comes over and pets Pepe the dog here. And the dog lady's like, yeah. And Ali's like, why was he at the shelter? And the dog lady's like, oh, he's got issues, mostly with men. And Jason's like, put him back in the van now. Well, she, she gives Jason, like, this great dirty look as she says that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, both the animal wrangler and, and Allison ignore Jason. Um, Allison what happens, asks what happens to the dog if they don't take him. And she says, you know, basically Mr. D was the last stop on his train. It's not pretty. So Allison just puts her hands out for the leash because now we're on to the all new adventures of Allison De Laurentiis and Peppy the dog. Yeah, she just takes the leash anyway. In your fucking face, Jason. So out in Rosewood, Mona. Mona's at the brew. Like she's in the foreground. We see Mike walk up in the background and spot her and head her way. Mm-hmm. Mona's like kind of she's got like a box and like some binders and coffee. She's packing it all up to carry. And Mike walks up. He's like, hey, do you need any help? And she's like, oh, hey, uh, no, I got it. And she picks up all her shit, carries it herself. And so Mike just turns to walk with her. And he says, hey, you heard about Allison, right? She's alive. Pretty twisted what happened to her. And Mona's like, quite a story. <laughs> that psycho is probably circling this town looking for his next victim. And she taps the box that she's carrying. She says, which is why we need to fight back. And he's like, what's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? Uh, and Mona says, whistles. I ordered one for every girl at the school. I'm also asking the principal to get us all special apps for our phones. What kind of apps exactly? 
special ones special apps um wouldn't it be great if mike or mike mona had set up like a fake company where she created this app and like third party sells it, <laughs> to, the sells it to the school but then so everyone downloads this app which basically just then like pirates information and sends it to mona well, i think what mona would do is she would have the app not only like report her information but also maybe act as just like a microphone mm-hmm. so she can listen in whenever she wants well like i said it's basically like super a morgan freeman's thing from the end of dark knight mm-hmm. like she has eyes and ears on everyone in rosewood yeah so uh what's she talking about she says it's either this or we hire full-time bodyguards and mike's like yeah i would apply for that job if you could stand being around me that much and Mona just kind of smiles and rolls her eyes. Like, she's not annoyed by this talk. She likes his, um, you know, I'm hesitating to call it charm. Not exactly charm, but uh, affection, I guess. Like puppy dog affection? Yeah, and she's like, I gotta go. Principal Hackett's waiting for me. And he stops her and he's like, Mona, I miss you. And she just kind of looks like vaguely sad. It's like, aw, young love. But seriously, it's been like four days since they broke up. Yeah, really. I mean, like four days, folks. Well, in teenage time, that is a long time. Yeah. Well, Mike has grown like three feet since then. Mm -hmm. Got a new haircut. Yeah. So outside Spencer's compound, Emily's like walking down the street towards Allison's house. Like, yeah, Emily's been staying with Spencer. Uh, Spencer comes running after Emily, and she's just like, "Hey, wait up!" My mom said we'd stay close to home. Emily says that she's not going to school. She's just taking Allison's phone back to her. So they're heading down that road to Allison's house, and Spencer's just like. Hannah told Arya about the text. And Ellie's like, why would she do that? And Spencer's like, because she's Hannah. <laughs> now Arya's freaked out. She thinks A is back and she's one text from being turned into the police. And Emily's like, A is dead. Because that's what Emily says every five lines in this, this episode. Yeah. Spencer's like, yeah, I know that. But part of me thinks that this text was Jenna's way of welcoming Allison home. So Emily says, but we can handle Jenna now. There's five of us and one of her. And now, Spencer says, well, yeah, okay, good. There was four of them and one of her, or four of them and two of her before. Like, I'm not sure what you're asking. What I mean, there's <laughs> five of us and one of her now. Before Allison was back, there was four of them and one of Jenna. Maybe if you include Shauna, there was two of them. It's not like the odds. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> well, Jenna's going blind. Yeah, and so the odds are like. I, <laughs> I mean, what do they want? They're like, more? we can take a blind chick. Well, like. The only thing better in Emily's eyes is like Jenna was in a coma. Then they could really beat her. Yeah, and Spencer says, "Yeah, but we killed that hers, her." <laughs> and then she like kind of rushes forward because she gets an idea in her head and opens the trash cans in front of Allie's place. And Emily's like, "What are you doing?" Spencer says, "We never looked last night to see what Jason threw out. We probably should have, you know, looked at this." And she pulls out a food bag from a bakery in New York City. And Spencer's like, "When was Jason in New York?" And Emily just like ponders this, and Emily's like, "That's why no rush." And Spencer's like, "Sorry, you channeling your Filipino grandmother right now?" And Emily's like, "To see Allison, we we knew that this whole visit to rehab was a big fat lie. But what if he had been following her for weeks? What if Mrs. D's had him tracking her for months, years?" And Spencer's you know, like, "You think Jason sent that text?" I think Mrs. D would be smart enough to hire somebody other. Then her Jason. fuck up younger uh, or uh, son there, yeah, the drug yeah. addict son. Uh, Spencer's like Spencer. If Allie told the whole, whole truth, her mother would go down. If Mrs. D thought someone ki- just killed her child, who else would she cover for besides her other one? 
Yeah. And so we see the, these two girls are putting their heads together, getting a little dangerous. Well, I love that Jason could be a suspect in season two and then be a suspect <laughs> again in season five. And it's yep. totally natural and it makes more sense now than it did then. And he gets called into the police station. They're like, look, we have a lot of new, very concerning circumstantial evidence about you. And he's like, you guys, I thought I explained this before. I was high that whole night. I don't remember anything. They're like airtight. There's like airtight. I'm sorry to drag you down here. Go ahead and take a walk. Oh, by the way, here's a key to the city as you, as yeah. you leave. <laughs> Thank you for also doing your work. Presumably it was scared straight with <laughs> Rosewood High teens. Or whatever, yeah. Whatever the hell you do. Meanwhile, Arya's in her room on her computer. She's listening to music on her headphones from her iPod. And she's she's like website paging for stories about Shauna's death online. And somehow like the newspaper she's looking at online is laid out like an actual newspaper. The New York Bulletin? With like columns and like stories with jumps. Like, it, I don't know, it's bizarre. One article ponders, is the parking hell going to come to an end? Probably not. Uh, and so she tries doing a search for Whoa. theater, dead girl, yeah. Georgia. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, but like, then someone... Georgia seems like a weird one to add. Like, yes, Shauna was from Georgia, but if you're going to put Georgia in, why not put her name in? Yeah, why not put her name in? <laughs> well, but before she searches, she changes her mind. She realizes this would be dumb and possibly incriminating. So she deletes the search string and she just like keeps pounding on that delete key like over and over again like a crazy person like much longer than she needs to. As if she could delete like the the act of murdering her itself yeah. by pounding on that key. But yeah, then a different song comes on her iPod. Violin music. Crazy mournful fiddle music. And she just like she freaks out. She like looks over, like checks her iPod. Violin music playing. She hits a forward button. It's just more violin music. She keeps hitting forward. Like the different violin tracks keep playing. Mm. And finally, she just like yanks her earbuds out. Like she, her eyes are like so wide and panic. She's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Uh, she just like throws her iPod down. Like runs over and grabs her jacket. I I miss like that one shot from when uh, she found out about Ezra. Like she actually threw something at the book at the camera. I wish she had oh, yeah. the iPad. But did you notice the pinned butterfly in the glass case there by her? I never realized. Yeah, that, along with like a some sort of I don't know, like Buddhist statue be, next well, to it or something. I never knew that Arya was into lepidopterology, but I'm going to go ahead and call this a Nabokov reference. I'm just going to do that. Sure. Um. So Allison's bedroom. Uh, Allison's sitting on the bed of Peppy the dog, who she seems very calm and serene. Emily is like sitting on the bed, trying to convince her that this can't all be a coincidence. You know, she's waving the bag from the boy Boyajian's bakery around in front of him. Spencer's over by the window, looking out. Well, yeah, it's like Spencer's like keeping watch or something. She's standing over by the window, like back turned. The city needs me. Also, did you happen to notice Spencer's outfit right now? It's pretty awesome. What's she wearing? It's like some sort of weird like Tomb Raider thing, where she has uh like <laughs> like knee high boots, of course. Uh, like black nylons, like not even leggings. Those are nylons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like she has like some sort of matching olive drab green like shirt and uh, short shorts mm-hmm. that she's wearing with a black belt. It might be even a jumper. Like it might be a, a single piece of clothing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like long sleeves, but like the the cuffs are like rolled up. Mm-hmm. It's just such a bizarre outfit. She looks like she's like a comic book character. At this point, if Mandy Line dressed Spencer Hastings basically as form-fitting Indiana Jones, I wouldn't mm-hmm. bat an eyelash. I mean, like, fedora and, like, bullwhip on the hip and everything. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't bat an eyelash. Yeah, it's it's a good look for Spencer. Uh, yeah, so meanwhile, 
Allie's talking about how this can't be a coincidence. Um, Spencer's keeping watch as Allie talk as Emily talks because sometimes Tyler spoke for her. Mm-hmm. And Allie says he was in my room last night watching me sleep. And Emily's like, Jason, oh my god, no, you can't stay here tonight. You need to tell your dad you want to sleep at Spencer's. And Allie's well, like, Spencer's like, I don't want this psycho magnet in my home. Yeah, Allie's just like, never gonna happen. I mean, he won't even let me walk to the freaking mailbox. Uh, and Spencer just starts wandering around the room, like looking at stuff. So Allison notices that, and she's just like, "And where are you on this, Spencer? You haven't said, even said a word. Should I be afraid of our big brother?" We see in the mirror, Spencer like lifts her head up, and looks at this, and Spencer she looks at Allison. She realizes Allison now knows, and Spencer knows, and that Jason knows. And Allison says, "I know that you told him. Don't sweat it." I'm even starting to think that my dad knows, too. So, <laughs> Ken Laurentis does not know that Jason is not his son. Or, does Maybe he? Maybe he does. And that's yeah. why he murdered his wife. But, so, Allison says, So you think that Jason is the one that slammed that rock into my head? I mean, is that why my mom just magically disappeared as soon as I decided to come home? Well, like, Spencer's not used to this. Like, Allie's back. And Allie, Allie being back means that, like, Spencer has a challenger again. He's well, just constantly going to be butting up against. Yeah, I'll come in a minute. So Spencer's like, I don't know. Maybe. You were kneeling both of our families with that secret. They probably both wanted you to shut up, <laughs> which I love this. Because Allison's definitely pushing Spencer's buttons leading into this. I think That's that, what they do to each other. But I feel like she's not just giving Spencer shit in general. You know, she's she's taking back the power of this room. But she's also, I think, giving Spencer shit for possibly having this theory about Jason. But how her mind goes and the places it goes to. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's hard to tell with Allie, but I, I feel like this is what they do. Like, the, they're both, like, they both want leadership. They, you know, they, they've always butted heads like this. And Spencer's gotten much stronger with Allie the way. Like, mm-hmm. Spencer's become the leader, and now Allie's trying to take it back. Right. Well, and and I, I don't, I, like, I'm sure some of it's conscious, but a lot of it's probably, like, unconscious, where they, this is just how they interact, and they can't help it. I think Allison has to know it doesn't matter how much like like googly eyed Emily here loves you. If you still have Spencer being quiet in the corner, you, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like all their kind of moments of uh, like cathartic, you know, coming together have, have been like either like Spencer doesn't remember them or Spencer was just hallucinating it. You know? Yeah. yeah. Spencer's like, well, I. I I was able to deal with you okay when we were dancing in that hallucination, but now that you're back, <laughs> it's not so much. So Allison says, so you think that's why he went after me? It's not just like, look, I can't say for sure, but if your mom did choose him over you, she had every reason to make the rest of us look bad. And we've been framed as pathological liars ever since then. So even if we ever did find out who hit you, nobody would believe us. Well, so- it's like, well, yeah, you've been framed as pathological liars because you're a bunch of liars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that Emily is just like keeping quiet, keeping her head down during this. And Allison's, because the tempers are getting hot in this room. Mm-hmm. And Allison's like, wow, you really have given it some thought. And Emily's like, well, look, my mom comes back tomorrow. You can come stay with us. And Allison's like, Emily, I just got back. My dad's not going to let me out for sleepovers. So Emily says, well, what are you going to do? And Allison, displaying some crazy bravado here, <laughs> is like, I have a few ideas. Spencer's like, well, can you let us in on them? So that we're not caught paddling around like idiots trying to play catch up. Mm. And Allie's like, I told you, Spencer, I made up that lie to protect Arya. She kind of killed someone, remember? Yeah. Which, that never gets old. 
Mm. Uh, Spencer says, you could have consulted us first, which isn't really correct. Uh, and then he's like, okay, guys, please stop. What's done is done. We need to focus our energy on who's trying to sink us now. And Allie just kind of like throws some shade at Spencer and then looks off. Well, they it's like they're competing to see who can have the bigger eye roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so again, what's posited here is that Kenneth De Laurentiis, as far as no, anybody knows, does not know the true parentage of Jason De Laurentiis. Also, I think as a placeholder, it should be mentioned here, the girls seemingly don't think that it was Mona who bounced that rock off Allison's head. No, because it it doesn't it wouldn't add up, I guess. I'm just saying. But no one really knows where Mona was. And they, they're true, not putting true. that on her. Um, Mona presumably sent those texts that I'm going to murder you tonight from A. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we saw Mona, she was just picking up Allison on the side of the road. How you doing, Allison? Not great, Mona. <laughs> yeah, so uh, cut her to the Marin house. Ashley's on her laptop on the kitchen island there. Hannah walks in. She's getting some like milk for cereal. And Ashley's like, hey, you just got up? And Hannah's like, yeah, what are you doing? And Ashley, like, looks pretty guilty. She's like, I'm, uh, doing some work for Allison's father. He wants me to get a lead on where Jessica might be. I'm, I was about to open up some for emails and I, I just can't do this. And he's like, why? And Ashley says, Hannah, the last thing I do is when I, uh, last thing I want to do is get involved, uh, in, in the middle of two people who are going through divorce. And it's not just an invasion of privacy. It feels like a betrayal. And Hannah says, well, I'm betting Mrs. D would rather have you looking through her emails than the police. Besides, Allie needs her mom right now. So the phone rings. Ashley gets up to answer it. And as soon as Ashley's back is turned, Hannah just slides on over and she's going to start looking through the email. Going to start snooping through the email. You know why? Because she's Hannah. Mm-hmm. Girl detective uh, Hannah Marin. Yeah, so Spencer's house. Spencer's like walking. She's like, like, I trained under a real detective. Yeah. By trained, I mean I had coffee with once. Yeah, yeah. And then I read a shit ton of like James Patterson and some Swedish guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer's house. Spencer's like walking through the kitchen. She can hear Veronica asking someone if they need milk or sugar. Then Spencer sees who it is. She Milk's gets the, great. She gets the biggest, craziest smile on her face because it's Toby, <laughs> and it's his hair. <laughs> Toby's just like, I'm back, Spencer. I have the Dawson Leary cut. This is some. This is a full-on Vanderbeek from like 15 years ago. I know. Um, it's always just like the 90s are coming back. I read it in Vogue. The thing about this hair is it's hideous. He's wearing like a like a browner version of something that I feel like Natalie Portman dressed in in Black Swan. Okay. Um. So Spencer runs over to him. They embrace. Spencer asks, you know, when he got back, and he's like, late last night, this morning. I don't know. I think I had dinner and two continents. Um. Spencer asks, like, why he didn't call her. He says well, that he's just like smiling in the background the whole time. Well, she's like, why? It's like I've me? totally forgiven you for that time that you put my daughter in a mental institution because she thought you were dead. I don't think Veronica really knew about that. Remember, Veronica's like Toby's been her ally in like uh, running Spencer. But I mean, Spencer kind of told her that it was like related to Toby. I mean, she had to know a little bit Is about it. Toby, not the person that we thought he was, but yeah. still, Toby was their ally when Spencer was on the drugs. Yeah, Spencer's like, why didn't she call me? And Toby says, well, I uh, I thought I'd come by and see you. And Spencer's like, why? What's going on? Well, he, he looks over at Veronica like he's not sure how to break something to Spencer <laughs> that they're both clearly in on. And uh, Veronica says, Melissa told your father and me that she saw Toby in London. That's why she rushed back. But apparently that never happened. Spencer's like, what? And Toby says, when I went to her place, Ren answered the door. He said he was staying there and she wasn't in London anymore. Which, like, was she just crashing with Ren? 
Well, should Perhaps. she have gotten there first? I, I don't know. She yeah, left town before he did, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Veronica's like, it doesn't make sense. And Toby's like, oh, if you want to call him, you can't. You can call him. Which is like a weird thing to say. Like, oh, if you want, you can call him to back up my story. That's like this thing you say when you're lying. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. want to call somebody's bluff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Veronica's just like, Ren? Oh, please. I'd rather stick a knife in the toaster. LOL. But <laughs> oh, poor Ren. So is there like fan fiction about the meme between Ren and Toby? Like, like the door opens and he's like, oh, it's you, the carpenter. Then like Toby goes all Captain America on Ren's ass. So well, as long as you're here, would you like to have some scotch? And Toby's <laughs> just like, well, okay. Ren's like, have I ever told you what I think you should be doing with your hair? Let's get drunk and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so Veronica picks up a, a briefcase says that she has a client to meet in town she tells Spencer she needs to stay close to home Spencer says sure Veronica leaves well, she's, she's like is that clear <laughs> well she's she's basically just given Spencer and Toby a license to bone well cause Spencer's like yes and, but in her mind she's thinking like yeah I'll be in my bed if you know what I mean but I mean I guess to Veronica's credit for the most part Spencer can make smart decisions for herself and I'm sure that Toby's hair has to count as some kind of birth control. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so once Veronica's Veronica... thinking, the worst that could happen is you get pregnant, and I have a doctor on retainer for that. <laughs> so they say bye. Veronica leaves. Well, Spencer... you know, you know, Peter Hastings has like five doctors on retainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Spencer turns to Toby, and she's like, "Why did you go to London?" And he says. I wanted answers for you. I figured if I could get your sister to look me in the eye and tell me something. Spencer just sighs and she's like, something truthful? And Toby's like, right. Well, does he just realize what a waste of money that ticket was? Uh, maybe he wanted to see London too. He's like, also, I went and saw Big Ben. I have a lot of pictures on my phone. My uh, photography book comes out in February. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, right. And Spencer's like, do you know about, and Toby's like, Allison? Yeah, I've heard some pretty weird stuff, but I'd rather hear it from you. So, like, as far back as the season one finale, specifically, I remember we really physically saw some of the, the come about from the grapevine in Rosewood. Like, uh, remember at the church thing, Byron and Ellis show up at the church and Byron's all like, I heard Ian Thomas was in there. And obviously there was <laughs> no, 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 that's, early- not, that's not how he said it. He's like, I heard Ian Thomas was in there. <laughs> but obviously there was stuff earlier with like Toby the murder suspect in season one. But I would love to see an episode where random characters are literally just escorting like secrets from like person to person to person. It becomes like a game of telephone. <laughs> you, always hear, you always hear about the grapevine in mm-hmm. Rosewood. I would love to see more of it, I guess. Even just briefly. But so let me cut to a cabin in the woods where Arya's on her hands and knees like a crazed evidence falsifying ocd goblin before we get to that um speaking of which and, and secrets and whatnot and what the town thinks do you think peter hastings right now is just being like son of a bitch i paid for ian thomas's funeral why did i do that <laughs> i think he's always thinking he wasn't a killer after all just an asshole fucking my daughter <laughs> which is worse than yeah. I feel like, like, so they're going to bury somebody, right? That uh, They're going to bury somebody who's a killer. No one's ever going to exhume this body. Like, Peter's just like, great, I've got some documents. I'm going to throw in that coffin <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Coffin's unexpectedly heavy. There might this, be somebody else in there. This time capsule that I've just paid for. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so Emily lets herself into this this cabin in the woods. This spooks Arya, who looks like she's about <laughs> to have porcupine spikes pop out of her back and the uh, laser like, shooting out of her eyes. Turns around and gasps in a panic. She's like she's like messing with like some bedding on the ground of this yeah. weird cabin. Um, man, Arya is so much fun in this episode. Her eyes are just like so wide, and she also has her hair like kind of up in the back, mm. which I don't know the way it frames her face is. Just it, it perfectly accentuates the craziness. Yeah. Emily apologizes, says that she just got Arya's text and she was a phallison. Um Arya is just basically like spraying and cl- cluttering chaos everywhere. Yeah. Arya says, she, Emily wants to know what, what Emily's doing or what Arya's doing. And Arya says, well, if we'd been hiding out here for a month, it sure as hell needs to start looking like it. And Emily's like, seriously, you can't do this right now. And Arya's like, yeah, you're right. You should have been out here last night filling this place with crap after Allison got that text. Which is pretty smart of Arya. Mm-hmm. And she's covering her own ass, so she's she's going to be smart about it. And Arya says, oh, and thank you for keeping me in the dark about that. What am I? Your child? Oh, well. <laughs> right like, now. Yes, Arya, you, you are treated like the baby of the group because you are the baby of the group. Well, right now, Arya looks about as calm and rational as a Batman villain. <laughs> but, you know, in this rare moment, more sensibly dressed. Yeah, and Emily says, we only did that because you're such a mess when your dad came to the police station. And Arya's like, yeah, and what? You thought I'd if I just got a night's sleep, I'd uh, wake up in Candyland? <laughs> and Emily's uh, like, okay, Arya, calm down. The text wasn't from A. Well, and Arya, it's just so funny visual because she's rushing around as fast as her little legs will carry her. And she's like, and, and asks how Emily knows that. <laughs> uh, and Emily well, says, and she's, she's putting out like, like a lantern and like some food trash. Like she's setting a scene as though somebody's been living here. Yeah. Uh, you know, Emily says that she was there when the Oshana slash A was killed. I mean, really, are, are we on the verge of the Dark Arya saga here? The Ooh. Daria saga? <laughs> so Arya just like stares at Emily. Um, and Emily's like, look, Spencer was right. It's one thing not to contradict Allie's story. And it's another thing not to add to it. We that's can't another go thing to add to it. Oh, that's right. To add to it. We can't go down that rabbit hole again. And it's like, ha ha, Emily. Arya lives her whole life through the looking glass. <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, Arya says, yeah, well, I can't do nothing, right? Because if A knows that I took down Shauna. And Emily's like, Arya. And Arya says, I'm going to be the one. And Emily says, Shauna had been using us as target practice for months. What you did was purely self-defense. And Arya's like, it doesn't matter. Someone is dead, all right? And she will never be able to recover or apologize or even graduate from high school because I killed her. I killed her, Emily. And I don't know how I'm going to be able to live with that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this is what we were waiting for. Arya, well, she's saying this to the only other PLL who's swept another off the mortal coil. But then Arya... As you may have heard, Emily killed a guy. Uh... I had a good laugh because then Arya plops down in this ratty old chair under some hula hoops to catch her breath. <laughs> well, she's just so frazzled. Like, her expressions, it's just like a million, like, stressed out, you know, faces. And Well, and also it's kind of crazy because, you know, Emily killed Lennon, Lennon James slash Nate St. Germain mere weeks ago. <laughs> and yet at the same time, a season and a half ago. Only had hypnotist therapy to get over that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Emily kind of crouches down by her and she says, Arya... In that moment, it was you or her, okay? I I went through this after Nate. You think that no one can understand what this feels like, but I've been there. You may have heard I killed a guy. Well, so, yeah, Arya then, she ignores that. She picks up this crumpled soda can for a minute. She contemplates it. This soda can, and Lucy Hale's hands, 
might as well be Yorick's skull. Well, she looks at it and then she just throws it angrily on the ground. And she says, and then she like, she gets like contemplated and she says, remember we used to sneak out here? Our biggest problem was how to eat peanut butter with braces. Hmm. And we just kind of nod sadly. It's a nice line from Mario. Like she's, she's reflecting on how fucked up their lives have become. <laughs> Well, the scene kind of ends on this quiet moment as like Emily and Ari are left in this pit of despair in this brand new landscape they found themselves on, crash landed onto planet Allison. Well, here's a question: like, who will be the next liar to kill someone? What a wonderful question! It's amazing that Spencer hasn't murdered somebody yet. It's amazing Spencer hasn't murdered like five people yet. Mm Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so back to the Marin house. Uh, Ashley is on her computer again. Hannah's at the sink. Ashley asks if there's enough paper in the printer. And Hannah's like, yeah, there should be a couple pages in there. Should I get more? And Ashley's like, no, that's all right. I'll get it. So Ashley gets up. And once again, Hannah swoops in on that computer. She's looking in the drafts folder, the email program that's on screen. Mm-hmm. And she finds one. There's no recipient, but it's from Jessica De Laurentiis. And it just says, I can't protect you anymore. And oh, Hannah, yeah. Hannah's eyes get wide, worried. This is fucking interesting, man. Yeah. Uh, so we're in Spencer's bedroom. Spencer had a crazy few days, and now Mama is going to get her some. Yeah, that's her and Toby are making out. That's why Toby's there, right? Spencer uh, has pretty much, itch. yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're making out. She takes his shirt off. He lies her down on the bed. And Spencer says, Toby, next time you go to London. And he's like, yeah. And she says, you're taking me with you, and we're never coming back. And this seems to like kind of throw Toby off his game a little. Yeah. Like he just kind of frowns, but then Spencer she starts it back up. Well, not so much that Toby can't do the uh, the Slytherin in her Hufflepuff, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Um. So meanwhile, in the dealer at his home, Candace is giving Jason shit because Jason wants to take off for Philly. He's like, "What's so pressing that you have to leave? What's in Philly? Or should I ask who?" And uh, they're in like the Delorentis living room here, and Jason says, "I need to drop something off for a friend." And Kenneth's like, "Right now?" And Jason says, "I said after dinner." And Kenneth is just like, "Your sister has been gone for nearly." Uh, and Jason says, "Then I will wait till she goes to sleep, okay?" And Kenneth's just like, well, "What makes you think she can sleep? Her mother is still not here, and I'm thinking you're the only one who knows where she is." Jason's like, basically, like, "Well, think what you want. I don't." Well, real quick, so. Why would you want to stick around for dinner in this family? Also, Jason's wearing the ugliest shirt ever. Yeah, but... Like diagonal it. plaid. Ooh. Jason's also an adult, so I don't know why he's checking out this asshole. Yeah, I know, really. Jason, you're like 25. Thirdly, doesn't Jason own this house? Didn't he buy it from Maya's parents? Mm, yeah, maybe. That's Jason's, a good point. Jason's like, well, like you know what? Well, Kenneth must live somewhere else, I assume. Yeah. You would think Jason's like, you know what? I'm not leaving after dinner. You're leaving right now. Out the door. I hope. <laughs> so Kenneth says, Jason, every time someone in this family walks out of this house, it's a news story. And the last thing I want is you speaking to a damn reporter. And Jason's like, oh, don't worry, Dad. I won't embarrass you any more than I already have. Uh, and then to make it more awkward, Emily enters the living room behind Jason. She's like got Pepe on a leash there. Pepe the dog. And Kenneth's like, Emily. I didn't know you were here. And he's like, Allie asked me to take Pepe for a walk. And Ken's like, whose dog is that? And he looks at Jason. He's like, you brought a dog home? And Jason says, it was dropped off at, uh, this morning. Mom rescued him from a shelter. Well, Emily, like, she 
gets the hell out of that room. Oh, yeah. She walks right out of there. Then she just, like, leans against the wall in the hallway, like, listening to these two, like, like arguing with each other. Um, yeah, so he says that Jason said that Mrs. D, like, rescued the dog. And Ken's just like, really? Well, maybe when you get to Philly, you can tell that she's got more than just a dog waiting her for her at home. Something about like the uh he gets so like like fraught of tension in his voice. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I try to do it, the words just they can't catch up with the emotion. I have no hope of matching that voice. <laughs> so we cut to the Montgomery home where the door opens and onto a view of Mr. Mike and uh, Mona giggling over a box of pizza. Yeah, Mike and Mona, they're they're laughing, they're canoodling on the couch and Aria oh. Aria opens the door. She's just like, how interesting. Oh, and just the, the sight of this makes her even more angry slash insane. Yeah. So and she, she lets... like, she lets the door like slam behind her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she like shuts it really hard. And they both look up in surprise and Mona's like, hello, Aria. And Mike says, hey, where have you been? Uh, Dad told me to order dinner. This is a, there's a veggie. And Aria's like, I'm not hungry. And she just like throws her jacket down. And Mona, Mona has like decided to play this all very innocent, which is always a delight. I love when Mona does this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, were, were you walking around in the dark by her, all by yourself? And Ari's like, excuse me. And Mona says, given what happened to Allison, I can't believe you would walk to the curb without a police escort. Oh, Mona, you're delightful. And Ari is just like getting more and more angry. And Mike picks up Ari's iPod and hands it to her. And he says, hey, I borrowed this again. She's like, what do you mean you borrowed it? And he's like, as in, I didn't take it and keep it? She says, why would you borrow it at all? And he says, because I needed to put some music together for a social studies project. And Ari's like, hey, was that, that, that the violin music? Was that coming from your room last night? And Mike's like, I guess, sorry. And he looks at Mona. I like he just says, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think he's just like, you know what? Why am I even talking to you? Fuck this shit. You're crazy. Yeah. Looks at Mona. He's like, look, I'll uh, grab my jacket and take you home. And Mona she says, has a much cooler car than he does. Yeah, Mona says, he can drop me at the library. I still have some research to do. And she's doing a lot of, like, touching Mike's shoulder, you know, like, a very positive body language happening here. And Mike walks out with the pizza, and Mona gets up to get her purse, but Arya's not done yet. And Arya's like, Mona. And, Arya, and Mona's like, yeah? And Arya says, you doing your research in the library or in this house? You here to poop or to snoop? Yeah, and Mona says, your brother invited me to dinner, but I am actually really glad to see you because I can give you this in person. And she smiles and holds out like this orange whistle on an orange lanyard. Mm. And Arya just like stares at it like it's poison or something. And Mona's like, go on, take it. I've got hundreds more. If anything else, we can use what happened to Allison as a wake up call. Nobody's safe. Uh, just like the subtle way she like works like vague threats that like it's like that wasn't a threat i was just saying nobody's safe but maybe it was a threat you know the only thing better is when she did the same thing to spencer in season three and Mm -hmm. she actually told spencer that she wasn't on her a game anymore (laughs) yeah and ari's like what are you trying to prove mona which ari just sounds like batman now yeah what are you trying to prove mona and she's like, is this a threat? And Mona's like, no, it's a whistle. You put it between your lips and blow. Me. <laughs> and Ari's like, well, we all know where you were. She says, says, we all know where you were the night Allison disappeared. She told us about your t- the time you spent together at the Lost Woods Motel Room. Which sounds kind of kinky. Mm-hmm. It's like, go on. 
And Ari's like, you have a few stories of your own to keep quiet, don't you? And Mona just rolls her eyes at this. It's like she's disappointed that, like, once again, like, the liars just aren't going to play her game. Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to make this, like, cool and on, like, multiple levels, but you just have to be this, like, blunt instrument who takes it all down to the boring level. Right. So she puts on her coat, and Mona's like, tell me, how is Mr. Fitz doing? Will he make a full recovery? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mona, you're always one step ahead. And then Mike comes back, and he's like, hey, can I have the car keys? And Arya doesn't respond. He's like, Arya? And, like, they both just stand there. Like, Mike and Mona are both just kind of, like, smiling, like, puzzled at Arya. And it's like Arya doesn't know how to respond. It's like they're making her the crazy one, like, in her mind. I want her just to grab the whistle and throw it into the fire. Yeah. Along with Mona. <laughs> the night is dark and full of Arya. Um so at Allison's house, Hannah's over. She's giving the info from Ashley to Ken. Uh, says that there's a meditation center that Mrs. D went to, went to once and that Ken should try calling there. Uh, he thanks her. She has returned his hope. Yeah, she gave him like a manila envelope full of information. Well, it's kind of funny how tense their last encounter was. Mm-hmm. I mean, he basically accosted her on the street and like verbally dressed her down. Yeah, but now he's Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, thank your mother for me. Yeah. Uh, Emily walks in again, leading Pepe on a leash, and Kenneth's like, uh, we were just about to have dinner, if you girls want to join us. And Emily's like, sure, and at the same time, Hannah's like, we can't tonight. And Emily's like, right, maybe tomorrow. The butt of Enzo here, they're making it happen. Mm-hmm. And Kenneth's like, oh yeah, anytime. So, she, Emily hands in the leash, and the, the, Hannah and Emily leave, and right as when they get outside the house, Emily's well, like... Well, he takes it. Like, he doesn't know if this thing is going to explode or not. Yeah. So they get outside, and Emily's like, what's going on? Why can't I eat dinner? And Hannah says, just get in the car. I have to show you something. It's an update on Mrs. D. And so... Allie says, or Emily says that Allie's dad thinks that uh, Jason's hiding her in Philly. And uh, Hannah's like, wait, who's hiding her? And Emily's like, Jason. So they get into Hannah's car, and Emily explains. She's like, yeah, Jason told his dad he had to drop something off to a friend in Philly. Could that be code for New York? And Hannah hands her a printout, and Emily's like, what's this? And Hannah says, Mrs. D wrote that email the night she skipped town, but she never sent it. It says I can't protect you anymore. Who would she have written that to? Who indeed? I kind of wonder, like, that whole, the thing with the email. Mm-hmm. Uh, what movie was I watching? I think it was Treason with uh, Don Cheadle. Did you ever watch that? Or is it Treason or is it called Traitor? Traitor, maybe one of the two. I think it's called Traitor. Ma- I haven't Traitor. seen it, yeah. but he's like uh like a Muslim secret agent for the he's CIA under- or- undercover or something. But the the whole move they had was they wouldn't send email to each other. They would have access to an email account. They would write a draft email and then have the other person log in and read the draft. Right. Like, interesting spycraft. I, I wonder if Jessica was doing something like that. Probably not, but who knows? Perhaps. Cold War Berlin, otherwise known as Rosewood. Yeah. Um, So just then somebody pounds on the window, and they both, like, kind of startle and scream. It's dark Jason. It's fucking Jesse Pinkman here with his, like, beanie on. Jason DeLaurentis. Giving them some nasty looks. Hannah rolls down the window. She tries to play it cool. I love that she's just like, what's up, Jason? I just saw what you delivered. And he's like, yeah, your your dad asked my mother. And he's like, yeah, well, your mother didn't. Or my mother didn't. Or yeah. my mother didn't, yeah. 
So maybe it's time people stay the hell out of places they don't belong. And he like looks right at Emily. He's like, that includes you. So we should be like, sorry for walking your fucking dog, asshole. Well, before this day is over, Jason is determined to be successful in intimidating at least one member of the opposite sex. Yeah, really. Jason then gets into his Volvo and drives off. Yeah, he, he walks away. Uh, and Emily's like, follow him. And Hannah says, no, you follow him. I have to change my underwear. <laughs> oh, Hannah's so lovable. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, Hannah, hurry up, okay? You might be going to see his mother. Hurry up. So Hannah just sighs and she dries off after him. Yeah, poor Hannah face. Uh, she's like sloshing around in those nightmare panties as she drives. Uh, so after the commercial, we're in Philadelphia. We're in the shittiest part of Philadelphia, apparently. Oh, man. This is like a total dump. It's like graffiti everywhere. There's like weird fog and mist. Which is, and... It's amazing, though, because, again, it's just the same lot they use for Main Street Roadswood, but they've dressed yeah, yeah. it up so nicely. Um, Jason, we see Jason comes out of a building, like he's checking something on his phone, then he gets in his car and drives off. We see that Hannah and Emily are, are in Hannah's car, parked down a ways, watching this. And Hannah says, there's no way his mom's in there. Mrs. D wouldn't even walk down this street. Emily's like, why not? If she's hiding out, she's not going to be doing it at the Four Seasons. We need to ring the buzzer, buzzer he pressed. Maybe Mrs. D will answer. Come on. So they uh, they do this thing where they like get out of their car like in unison. Mm-hmm. Like it's like they open the door in unison, step out, close the door in unison. Like I don't know if that was intentional or just like the way they did it, but it's really funny because they they walk over to the the door of this place, and they're looking at like there's like a buzzer with all these different you know like mm-hmm. residents or whatever. And Emily's like, "Wait, was it this one or Buzz. was it you know was it this one?" And then Buzz. like a, this creepy vagrant shows up. Well, I love that she's just like, "Was it this one, Buzz, or was it this one, Buzz?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> and this weird vagrant is just like, who are you looking for? Yeah, hobo out of nowhere. Yeah, they they turn around, they're surprised. There's this like super shady looking dude. It looks like he might be homeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he looks pretty rough. Well, it looks like he has no teeth in his mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like he has no teeth, and he talks like that too. And he's like, oh, to Shay Mitchell's eternal credit, this is the most hilarious lie ever because she's just like, um. I heard that there might be a vacancy available for a sublet. And he's like, sublet? Well, who who told you that, huh? Well, I mean, these girls look amazing. Yeah. He has a good laugh at this. And then he's like, he's giving Emily shit. But he turns to Hannah and he's just like, and who are you? Who are you? Agent? Get are... out of here now. Both of you, sh- go. And they both just like flinch and run away. It's like, ah, scary homeless guy. Yeah, but Benzo runs off. I like that, uh. Our impression of this guy is like evil Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Not quite accurate, but. Oh, Mary, Mary, don't you know me? <laughs> yeah, this hobo then like rings a bell and gets his, his wings. Uh, so meanwhile, in Spencer's uh, bedroom, there's some toe tapping soft rock playing and Spencer's phone is ringing. She's laying in bed making out with Toby and she's caressing his face uh, and trying to like not look at his hair. <laughs> um, this fucking huge ass head of hair. Oh, my God. Uh, and so her phone's ringing and Toby's just like you don't want to get that and Spencer's like no and she just kisses him the phone stops ringing for a moment then it starts up again and he's like someone really wants to reach you and Spencer's like well they can wait and she rolls over and she silences the phone and Toby kind of like leans up a little him and his huge ass head of hair are concerned now and he's like Spence what's going on Spencer's like nothing and Toby's like does it have to do with Allison she's like no he says, is this about Melissa? And she says, no. And it's like, fucking take a hint, Toby. 
It's about everything, Toby. I really just wanted to be like, well, is it about Arya? No. Is it about Hannah? No. Is it about cheese? Is it about Emily? Is it about pumpkin spice? Is it about your mom? No. Is it about your dad? Shut the fuck up, Toby. Is it about my hair? And she's like, yes. Yes, it's all about your fucking hair. (laughs) The only thing missing is for him to just to have like a full on like Elvis pompadour. Yeah, well, it's like, would you just fucking shut up, Toby? Like, she just needs you to be her safe place right now. Yeah. Preferably without that massive helmet. You know, she Allison can see why Spencer likes Toby. It's because when he speaks, he doesn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not there because she like wants to hear his opinions. Mm-hmm. She wants to ride those apps. Uh, so at that mausoleum, we see someone with the flowers visiting the Allison De Laurentiis marker, of which we know there is no Allison De Laurentiis buried in. And we have this very cool shot from below. And we see that that person is Allison De Laurentiis. She's like wearing a jacket of a hood. This is her incog- incognito look. It's not like an A hoodie, though. It's it's a hoodie, yeah. but not an A hoodie. But she's like reaching up and kind of touching the plaque of where, you know, somebody's buried in her name, yeah. looking very just sad. Uh, and then she hears like a step behind her and she turns around in a panic. There's somebody right behind her. And Allie says, did you follow me? And this person doesn't answer. And Allie says, I- I'm not supposed to be out of my house, but I had to come here and say goodbye. And then we see who she's talking to. It's Mona. Mona is quiet, just staring at her with a quiet, seething rage. Well, and Mona has on, we should mention, like, black cardigan with, like, a white collared blouse underneath, like, almost Catholic schoolgirlish. I don't know, it's a good look for Mona. But yeah, Mona's just, like, seething, like, this inner but fury. It's not the same outfit that she was just wearing, though, right? No, I think it is. I, I think it's just maybe, like, a little more buttoned up or something. Okay. Uh,. And Allie looks back at the nameplate and she says, the girl they made that for, she really is gone. I can't be that person anymore, Mona. I know you hated me and wanted me to go straight to hell. Going there is easy. It's the coming back that's the hard. Uh, But you and me, we we understand each other. I need you, Mona, as a friend. Like, like Allie's just like pleading. Yeah. Well, then, well, pleading, but also trying to manipulate, I think. Nah, finally, I don't know if this is really manipulating. I feel like this is totally sincere. Maybe. But finally, the Mona Vengeance Demon says, the truth will bury you in a New York minute. And for the second time this episode, it looks like a blonde girl just shit her pants. Allie's <laughs> eyes just like get huge. And Mona says, in case you're wondering, that was me. I sent that text. I guess I should have signed my name because I don't have to pretend to be anyone else anymore. I don't have to hide. You do. And Mona just snatches that rose that Allie had out of her hand and sniffs it. And she says, and you're going to wish you stayed dead. And it's Mona out. Like, that. oh, my God. This scene is, like, totally awesome. Well, Mona is just, like, walking away from explosions and not looking back. Even Allison has to admit that that was a pretty badass move on Nerdy Mona's part. And even even as Allison, like, shits herself again. Well, I feel like... From Allie's perspective, I mean, you know, I know some people think Allie's just evil, but I really feel like she's, like, making an effort here to be like, hey, I, I want to be a different person. And Mona's just like, nope. Like, that's not going to happen. You're you're the same to me. Yeah. Yeah. So after the commercial, we're in Spencer's kitchen. We smash bang into Arya and that, like, canvas of mania that is her face, like, turning to us. And she's just like, I'm going to the cops tonight. I have to. And Hannah and Emily are standing there behind her, and she's just like, you guys, 
I can't hold on to this. And Hannah's just like, breathe, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Breathe. And Emily's like, can we at least wait and discuss this with all of us here? And Ari's like, where's Spencer? And Emily says that she went next door to distract Mr. D. So uh, they could sneak Allie over here. And Hannah's like, she better haul ass. Uh, because I'm guessing Jason is not making too many more stops tonight. And Ari's like, guys, please, enough with Jason for a minute. Mona knows that we were in New York. Don't you understand? It's only a matter of time before she runs out of whistles and starts, uh, you know, handing out balloons hand- to say Arya killed Shauna. <laughs> all of the LOLs, all of them. Oh yeah. And well, Hannah's she's like, like Arya at the end of her rope, much like Spencer, is the best Arya. Yeah, exactly. And Hannah's just like, okay, whistles. Um, fun fact: you can freeze frame on any point of lucy hale's oh, face in this scene and it's delightful this whole episode i, I was like taking so many screenshots of aria i just had to stop after a while because yeah. she's oh man her face is amazing yeah uh, emily's like aria stop okay mona does not know about shauna and aria's like then who does who who's screwing with me you keep telling me that a is dead and it's like a is dead aria and aria says then why am i hearing a violin in my backyard who's the fiddler around my freaking roof Arya looks so deranged now, it's amazing. It's like she's going to straight up bypass Radley and head right to Arkham Asylum. Oh, yeah. Emily has to actually, like, grab her shoulders, like, shake some sense into her. Like, chill out, bitch. Well, what if this was the moment? I know what we say every episode. What if this was the moment where Arya's like, A is dead. I shall become A. (laughs) Well, Emily's like, hey, Arya, listen to us. Jason was the one in New York. Once we can prove that he's a threat that made Allie tell the kidnapping lie, then... And Hannah's like, but how are we going to do that? And Emily's like, I don't know. That's why we're having a meeting. And she is the last one to throw up her hands. Yeah, and then Emily or uh, Hannah just kind of like rolls her eyes. Like, yeah, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And Emily says, once the police are on to Mrs. D and Jason, then everything we've done can be explained. And Allison can finally tell the truth. And they all just look at each other like all pondering like how unlikely is that to fucking happen well she even says it like she believes it there's a little bit of hannah face there's some aria face and i wanted aria to turn to emily and be like now who sounds like they're crazy emily <laughs> so uh we got to spencer she's heading up the steps to the front of the dealer at his home she knocks on the door which is ajar in a creepy fashion because of course well it, it, it opens a little as she knocks on it and so of course spencer just kind of you know, like, looks around coast is clear she's gonna walk right in so, in the living room, Spencer's calling out for Allison. Nothing about this house isn't scary as fuck. Um, Spencer, like, she's moving around the house, calling out for Allison or anyone. Then she passes Jason sitting there in the dark in his hipster, like, dock worker's hat. And he's just like, it's late. She may be asleep. And he's like, finally, I scared a girl. <laughs> yeah. And she kind of spins around to see him sitting in a chair. And he says, uh, or did you come by to take out the trash? And Spencer says, Jason, we were in New York the night Allie came, or were you in New York the night Allie came back from Rosewood? And he's like, why? Why is that important? Spencer says, I think you know why. If you're trying to make a squirm and run for cover because of something that you did. And Jason's like, what is it that you think I did? And he like gets up and kind of moves closer to her. And he says, you think I'm the one who kidnapped her? Where did that theory come from, huh? My father? Spencer's like, No. And he's like, really? Because he's probably down at the precincts right now sharing that theory with the cops. And without my mother, who's going to stop him? Which is interesting. So Jason totally thinks his dad's going to Shanghai him here. 
Yeah. Wonder why. Mm. Is it just general, like, my dad hates me, or is there something more to that? Well, you know, Ken De Laurentiis, even if he hadn't murdered his wife, which I think he did, you really think Jason's capable of kidnapping somebody and keeping them? Well, can you imagine years? being this guy's son? Ugh. Yeah. Just yeah. Overbearing asshole. Yeah. And Spencer is just like, Jason, why are we in New York? Uh, but he doesn't answer because then they hear dogs start barking outside. And it's like Spencer's spidey sense starts tingling. Yeah. And out, we cut to out in the yard. Spencer is exiting, or I'm sorry, Emily is exiting Spencer's house. Uh, with uh, Hannah there, and and Arya, and Emily's like Pepe, Pepe, what's wrong? Pepe's got to be Pepe. Um, yeah, Arya's like, how does she know his name? Whose dog is that? And Hannah says it's Allison's dog, and Arya's like, when did she get time to get a dog? <laughs> they step off the porch to see that Pepe is growling and whining about something in the ground there outside the back of the Hastings Manor. Something the girls dug get, up. The girls get closer. The camera pans over. It's Mrs. D's hand. Just poking out of the dirt, and Emily screams like a total maniac. Like, yeah. oh man, like, like, there's some funny pictures you can find on uh, the Pre Little Liars annotation showing like how crazy she overreacts to stuff when she screams because she's just like, ah! like, <laughs> like total horror and panic. You know, I mean, I, Hannah like kind of like throws her, a hand over her mouth, and Arya like blinks, but. Emily is totally over the top. Well, there's times when I want Emily to scream and freak out so hard that she turns and runs into like a post and like knocks herself out or something. <laughs> Emily's like, oh my God. And Pepe's like growling at the hand and barking at it. And then Spencer runs out and she sees this and like kind of processes it for a second. Doesn't really scream. And she turns around and she tries to stop Jason. She's like, Jason, don't. No, Jason. We well, pushes. Well, this is like the great, like, again, where they change the gender roles around. Oh, yeah. The guy that holds the woman back from seeing this horrible sight. Yeah, she's trying to hold him back, but he pushes past her and he he sees the hand. uh, And it's like you can see the hand with the watch and a little bit of the wrist coat. Like, that's pretty much definitely Jessica's hand. Mm. And he's just, like, in shock. They're all just, like, staring in shock. It's probably Drew Van Acker's best moment on the show. Yeah, yeah, and we get the cool like shot from above as the dogs just like barking at this uh you know half buried hand. So in the uh, that recent fan special, the uh, We Love You to Death, there's a great bit where the <laughs> prop guys are playing around with Mrs. D's hand. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the music starts playing. It's montage time. We see yeah, the we... dog up Mrs. D being lifted into a body bag. Yeah, cut to the body bag. Uh, I can't remember what song this is, but. The liars are all just kind of watching in sadness. There's like cops everywhere. We see there's like 50 law enforcement professionals. There's like one cops like taking pictures next to the body. Uh, in the background, we can see Kenneth De Laurentiis is like giving a statement. Well, so compare and contrast to the the scene of Holbrook earlier. There's two detectives interviewing Mister. Neither of them are Holbrook. Yeah, there are two detectives and a uniformed police officer talking to Jason. Yeah. Um. You can see there's like kind of a taped off area where the hold out that Jesco's buried is, mm-hmm. um, and like tarps and stuff. Uh, Veronica, Veronica showed up. She puts her arm around Spencer, and then in the foreground we see there's a cool shot where like in the foreground the coroner zips up the body bag and the camera kind of rises up over it to show all these cops going about their business, and then like the crowd parts and behind all these cops. We see Allie is just standing there by herself, like in the midst of all this chaos. Mm. She's in her hoodie, 
and she's just like standing there and it's like i don't know it's a really cool shot how like like in the eye of this hurricane like there's Allie looking sad and then like we get like a crane shot of the camera pulling up as Allie just like standing like in slow motion with all these you know craziness happening around her the body being wheeled away the line from the song here is like don't leave me here on my own the camera pulls up and away from allison as the coroner's office wheels her mother away she looks even tinier and it's like everyone's moving around her like she doesn't even exist you know she just stares it, well, it almost well, has this like feel like a time lapse thing well it's like eye of the hurricane really yeah. like that was the immediate thing that came to my mind she's standing in the middle of this whatever is just walking around her like she's not there yeah and they're wheeling the body away and the cops are walking all over um and i mean i don't know i i have to think it's intentional if they put her in a dark hoodie here yeah it's like they're it's really not, making you wonder about Allie. it's clearly not like a uh an a hoodie but although i i feel like we can say it couldn't have been Allie. she was in new york so she at least we know did not kill her mother well and i feel pretty confident based on jason's reaction that it's not jason yeah, Jason Jason feels like a hey, it's episode two, we need a red herring type of uh thing. Besides, he's a huge mama's boy. He's not gonna kill his mm-hmm. mom. Yeah, yeah. Well his his mom was protecting him, it sounded like. He's he was like really worried, like without his mom around, you know, before he even knew she was dead, like without mom around, who's gonna like stand up to him for his uh to his dad. Well, and you know, remember going to uh rehab was humbling. And his very mother humbling. was really yeah, yeah. really there for him. Well, you kind of wonder if Jason maybe knows about the Peter Hastings parentage, because he seems to treat his son like garbage. Yeah. Like, like, maybe he knows. You would think at this point, Jason would be relieved to have a different father. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's like a, uh, like a dealer in his fortune he's hoping to inherit. Well, he already got That's from true. The, the grandmother. Yeah. Well, I wonder, how does that work now? Like, does he have to just, like go spend all the money real quick before Allison can, like, like form a legal challenge. I don't know how that would work. I'm not sure. Like uh, Peter's going to be like, Jason, I had to forge a lot of documents in the first place. <laughs> um, yeah. So the next episode is called surfing the aftershocks. Uh, this is kind of a funny uh, moment because I saw something on the wiki here where Marlene King said that this episode felt like more of a premiere than a second episode. Well, yeah, because the last episode really, f- it was like the second part of the season finale. Yeah. It picked up in the season premiere, but it definitely felt all the piece with the S4E24. But n- this is like our but, real like intro into season five here. You're right, though. But I feel like uh, Escape from New York was also a season premiere, like in the old style sense, back when... It used to be on TV, you'd get a lot where, like, the season finale of one season, the season premiere of the next thing were basically just a two-part thing of their own, really, you know? Yeah, yeah, an older style, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, next episode, written by Joseph Doherty, directed by Chad Lowe. It's a Chad Lowe joint. Hell yeah. So, yeah, we will be back then to talk about that. Any last thoughts on this episode? On the episode itself? No. All right. Well, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet at us. We are at broswatchpll2. You can find our website page, which is broswatchpll2.com. If you like the podcast, we would love it if you rated or reviewed us in iTunes. We um, always enjoy getting reviews. Yeah, we always love that. So I want to thank a few people who said hey to us recently. Seemed to really enjoy our last episode, including, and I apologize if I leave anyone out, Leah, Shay, Jared, Yuan. Stephanie, Katie, Crystal, Callie, and Norman Buckley, of course. Uh, thanks oh, to Mc- Sorry, huh. go ahead. 
Also, thanks to McBrooker, I believe it is, who's enjoying the podcast at the dog park, sharing in our distaste of Maya. Uh, last we heard you were on episode four, so I can't wait till you get to the second episode of season five to hear us <laughs> saying, sup. Yeah. Um, one thing, we, we mentioned in the last episode that Norman Buckley had a blog um, mentioning, I, I kind of butchered his point. What, what I said in the last episode was that he preferred to keep the liars in Rosewood, which is not correct. He, he prefers to keep the show on sets rather than like real locations, I think was more what he was getting at. He's more opportunity to be kind of like stylistic, like kind of have a dreamlike quality rather than using a real location. Well, also, as a director, I imagine it lets you just, yeah, control mm-hmm. the environment and, and how you're, you're doing things too. Uh, Heather had asked, not necessarily of us, uh, what kind of car does Hannah drive? As Benji told me, it's a Mercedes. I didn't even have to look that up. Oh, nice. I also want to shout out to Black It's an E350. Wow. Black Veil Theories on Tumblr for mentioning us, always saying nice things. Uh, glad to see that you enjoy our grand unified theory of PLL. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for all that, and we'll be back next time to talk about Surfing the Aftershocks, which is a very interesting title for an episode. Great title. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.